This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Hello, Top Croppers, and welcome to the third episode of our Inputs podcast coverage of the Plant Health Summit. My name is Alex Bernard, Associate Editor for Top Crop Manager magazine. The Plant Health Summit was a conference run by Top Crop Manager at TCU Place in Saskatoon on February 25th and 26th. The summit featured presentations on a variety of topics, from disease management and updates on clubroot and athenomyces root rot, to insect pest control, to the future of farming with smart technology and plant growth regulators. This series will include conversations with the presenters about their topic and the central message growers and agronomists can take away and use in their work. Our third episode features Sherry Stridehorst, an agronomic research scientist with Alberta Agriculture and Forestry, and Amy Mongin, a PhD student at the University of Manitoba researching intensive spring wheat agronomy. They presented on plant growth regulators, or PGRs, which are marketed to farmers as agronomic tools to decrease stem growth, improve standability, reduce lodging, and increase yield. The decision to use PGRs involves a complex balancing of factors depending on seed variety, genetics, weather, soil, and more. But lodging is really the interaction of the wind, rain, and your plant. So your wind is exerting a force or a leverage on your plant, and then your rain can do two things. It can sit on your foliage and make your plant heavier, increasing the leverage, or it can influence your soil structure. So the first type of lodging, which is what a lot of people think of when they think of lodging, is stem lodging. So when the leverage on the stem is greater than the strength of that stem. So it's when the stem actually cracks at the lower internodes and the plant falls over with the roots still intact. And the second type of lodging that's actually very common, especially in Manitoba where our research was done, is root lodging. So root lodging is after a high period of rain where you have decreased soil structure because your soil is saturated and your plant leverage is actually greater than the anchored strength of that plant. So the plant actually rotates at the root ball and falls over with the stem still intact. Lodging is a problem in Western Canada. And I want to kind of quantify what this lodging is costing you as a farmer. So lodging can reduce yields between 7 to 35%. You get these big yield losses when lodging happens 20 days after anthesis. So if let's say we have anthesis, you're spraying that fusarium head blight timing around the middle of July, then that's meaning that the last half of July and the first week or so of August is when we're getting the biggest yield loss from lodging if lodging happens in that time period. And I want to walk you through kind of a mock farm. So let's say we have a farm, it's just a small farm, 1,500 acres, and 40% of the acres of that farm are actually in wheat. So you've got 600 acres in wheat, and we have 7% yield loss. You'd be losing 4.6 bushels an acre, about $30 an acre, $17,000 on that farm. But let's say we have that severe lodging where you're having a 30 35% yield reduction. So your crop is going from nice and standing to practically flat. You're getting a 23 bushel per acre yield reduction that's costing $147 per acre and it's costing the farm $88,000. So we can see that we've quantified
outside the problem. There is yield loss attributed to lodging. The other thing that can happen, though, is a quality reduction, where if you have those mature heads sitting on the ground, if you have late season lodging, they will sprout and decrease grade and falling numbers and all that other fun stuff that we're dealing with this year. And let alone we have the slowness that we encounter with harvesting a lodge crop. And we really have no control over the wind or the rain, but what we can change through our agronomic management practices are really our plant morphology. So the plant morphology can change based on how we're managing our crop. And to reduce our lodging risk, we really are looking to decrease stem and plant leverage. So stem length is gonna be really a main influencer there. We can increase our stem strength, so increase its ability to kind of resist that cracking. And things like stem diameter, internode length, as well as the structural composition are going to influence stem strength and anchored strength. So your structural rooting area, increasing the width as well as the depth of that area is going to really increase or affect your anchored strength. And what we typically think of when we think of plant growth regulators, because we're decreasing the height of the crop canopy, what we really think of is decreasing the stem or plant leverage I'm Alex Bernard, I'm here for Top Crop Manager, and I'm here today with... Sherry Stridehorst, I'm an agronomic research scientist with Alberta Agriculture and Forestry, based out of Barhead. Uh, Amy Maje, I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Manitoba. All right, and so we're here today talking about PGRs. Could you folks give me a little breakdown of what those are? Sure. So PGR stands for plant growth regulator and what they are are products that are applied in crop and the intent of them is to reduce crop height to manage lodging. So which crops would you typically use these on? Right now in Canada they are only registered for use on wheat so that is where producers have that opportunity to use PGRs. In the future um, there is hopes that the registrations will widen for other crops. How is high yield wheat production different now than it would have been 20, 25 years ago? In terms of our high yield, our high yields are a lot higher than what they were 20, 25 years ago. So like in Manitoba, a good yield in a high quality piece of land, we're looking at over 100 bushel an acre wheat. And because of that, we need a lot more nitrogen. And there's a lot more nitrogen being applied, which increases your lodging potential. But then you also have producers that are really pushing seeding rates now. They're increasing their seeding rates, which in turn really does increase their lodging risk. So with pushing for some of these high-yielding wheat fields, they have increasing lodging pressure that they're not used to encountering. Because kind of when the semi-dwarf varieties came in to play, the lodging kind of took a back seat. And our varieties really did hold the brunt of the reductions in lodging. But now we're kind of getting to a level where, again, lodging is coming back and becoming a concern in especially high-yield spring wheat acres. I think just to add to that is that we're just moved into a new genetic ballgame where wheat varieties have really grown in their ability to have much bigger yield potential than what they previously did. And along with that comes agronomic management that can support really high yields. And that's where growers need to step up their agronomy to achieve the high yields that these genetics do have potential to achieve. Sherry, there were three different PGRs that you mentioned in your presentation. Would you be able to go over those for me? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is manipulator. So it is registered for use on wheat. There is a new PGR that is under PMRA review, and that is MODIS. So that is not currently registered, but we're anticipating registration. And then there is ethyl from Bayer, which is currently registered for use on wheat. But it's a very particular product that requires growers to sign a waiver because staging and the potential risks with misuse are so great on that PGR. 
So let's look at the PGR options, and we're going to focus, Amy and I, much of this presentation on gibberellin biosynthesis inhibitors. Gibberellin is a type of plant hormone, so I think it's important we all understand what gibberellins do in the plant. So gibberellins were actually discovered back in 1934 in these rice plants, and these here are plants that are infected with this fungal pathogen that increases the gibberellin. So you can see the gibberellin makes these plants taller and skinnier, and taller, skinnier plants tend to fall over. So what we have with our PGR options are gibberellin biosynthesis inhibitors, so they prevent this stretching. They keep things short and compact. So the first PGR that we have is by the trade name Manipulator. It has the active ingredient Chlormaquat Chloride, and this product is actually registered in all of Europe, Australia, and most wheat-producing countries. So in 2015, Manipulator with the active ingredient Chlormaquat Chloride was registered for use in Canada on wheat. But if you remember, we actually then found out we couldn't use it because there was no MRL or maximum residue limit for Chlormaquat Chloride for shipping wheat into the U.S. that was treated with that. So after a bunch of paperwork was filed and eventually approved in April 2018, Manipulator became a true option for growers in Western Canada to use on their wheat. At this point, it's only registered on wheat, so that's important to remember. The next gibberellin biosynthesis inhibitor is Trinexapac ethyl. It's under the trade name Modus from Syngenta. It's registered for use in many countries, and thankfully there are MRLs in place in the European Union, in the US, and Japan. So when this is eventually registered in Canada, we're not going to have that blip and that trade disruption with this. So sadly, it was submitted in 2017 for registration with PMRA, but it is not yet registered, and the further we get into the 2020 season, the less confident I am that this is going to be a tool for 2020. But we'll keep our fingers crossed, and if not for 2020, hopefully for 2021. Now, we have Ethril. This is the third PGR that is out there, and it does have a very different mode of action. It affects the ethylene production, a different hormone in the plant, and this is a really, really picky PGR. Bear makes you sign a waiver before you use it. Staging is incredibly particular, and when I say staging is incredibly particular, some of my growers in southern Alberta who have been using this for 20 years will actually go in, if they have a field with variability, will go in and spray the high spots when it's at the right stage, and those lower areas of the field that are delayed, they will come in 24 to 48 hours later and spray those low spots when they're advanced to the right stage. So staging is incredibly particular on this, and this isn't a joke, because large yield losses can occur with improper application timing. So if this is new to you, be scared of it. So under what conditions would growers need to use advanced agronomic practices like PGRs? I think any environment where there's high rainfall, where they're using high fertility, high seeding rates, new genetics, those are kind of the perfect storm where you're going to get lodging is where you want to use a plant growth regulator. What are some misconceptions that you've encountered in your research or discussions of PGRs? For me, the biggest one is going to be because... As I had mentioned before when I was talking to Sherry, that the majority of the wheat acres in Manitoba are kind of a single variety right now. So that actually is shown to respond very well and very consistently to plant growth regulator. So growers are really expecting or they have it in their mindset now that 
you're always going to see a yield increase and you're always going to see a height decrease with a PGR application. But in reality, they've really only looked at it on one variety. So that's going to be a big misconception or learning curve when kind of the new genetics come in or new varieties are being introduced because a lot of Sherry's work has shown that there's huge variation among varieties. So that's the biggest one I've encountered. Yeah, and I think just to sum that up and to apply it to all crops is that PGRs will not eliminate lodging in a highly susceptible crop. So something like pea, a PGR isn't going to help you out in barley. They don't have the standability that wheat does. And when you have high fertility and rain, PGRs can help, but they will not necessarily eliminate lodging. And that's really important for growers to set their expectation bar at appropriately, that PGRs will not be a magic bullet for every situation. Yeah, there's no easy curls. <laughs> Sadly not. Celebrating its 35th anniversary this year, ANL Canada Laboratories is an innovative, research-driven technology company focused on sustainable development. Through leading expertise, modern laboratory facilities, and a strong customer focus, ANL serves a wide range of industries, including agriculture, environmental, food, and pharma globally. ANL's Vitellus Soil Health Test is the next generation soil health test and recommendations package used by farmers and crop consultants across Canada to make more informed decisions on their application of nutrients and on managing and improving their soil. To learn more, check out alcanada.com and reach out to your local ANL rep. We need to dive deeper into looking at how different cultivars respond to different plant growth regulators. So when we look at the Saskatchewan Seed Guide, I've got a couple of different varieties that we're going to just zone in on. We've got Brandon there, and its lodging rating is a good rating. We've got Eli that has a lodging rating of good. And then we're going to contrast that with Stetler, which has a fair lodging rating. And what I would expect if I was just making my PGR management decisions based on what I see in this variety guide, I'd say, well, Brandon and Eli don't have a VG rating, so I should probably think about a plant growth regulator if I have high fertility, if I'm in an area where there's good moisture. And Stetler with a fair lodging rating, it's going to lodge more easily, so I'm going to even more strongly consider a plant growth regulator. So I have some images here of the different varieties, and we've got Brandon. And here we've got it with no PGR. And you can see it very nicely fell over, did exactly what it was supposed to. And it could really benefit from some PGR management. So when we apply a manipulator to the Brandon, this was in Barhead in 2017, so it was just nice and picture perfect. The manipulator did a great job of making that stand up beautifully. Then when we applied though Trinexapac or Modus, which is that other gibberellin biosynthesis inhibitor, it's not quite as nice and standing. So you can see there is a little bit of lodging happening there. It's certainly better than no PGR, but it's not perfect. So we're seeing that between the manipulator and the modus, they're not going to exactly perform the same. But then when we look at Eli, so this is the other wheat line that we kind of highlighted. It has a good lodging rating, and under these conditions where we're pushing fertility, had good rain, it nicely fell over as we kind of wanted it to. We apply manipulator to it, and manipulator definitely helped in this situation, but you can see there right in the middle, it's starting to go down. The edges are a little messy. And then with modus, it looks poker straight. So this is really starting us, lead us to look, go, wow, there's a lot going on here, a lot of interactions. And then Stetler, anyone remember what his lodging rating was? It was fair. Look at how beautifully it was standing. Same field, 
with no PGR. So I think the message here is that nothing is textbook here with lodging, with PGRs, and we can't necessarily have a nice set of rules and just apply them directly. So do take all of this with that grain of salt because lodging is highly variable. So have you folks worked together on projects before or did you just come together for the conference? We haven't worked at a project specifically together. I got to know Sherry during my master's when I was working in Edmonton with Linda Hall, and she was working with Linda with some collaborative projects on plant growth regulators. And then I just happened to, when I went back to Manitoba to do my PhD, we had started talking about like a prairie-wide PGR in high-yielding wheat project that kind of took a back seat. And then the Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers funded just a Manitoba version, which became my PhD project. And then Sherry did different projects in Alberta. So I think we're kind of working in the same research space. And I think for growers, it's really great to see performance in Manitoba environment, performance in Alberta environment, just to see that not everything's always going to line up the same because environment is such a big factor in how agronomic practices respond to the environment. Yeah, you've both mentioned this, but there's so many variables involved. It's not transferable information necessarily. Absolutely not. And that's what makes this a challenge for growers because they have this problem, they see this problem, and they are told and these PGRs are marketed as the solution, but it's not as simple as just a spray end. And there your problems are solved, sadly. (laughs) What can farmers and agronomists do to improve crop management practices? That's a big question. That's a big question. (laughs) What's one actionable thing that farmers or agronomists can do with this information? In my mind, it's thinking through the system. So thinking through which variety they're selecting, thinking through are they going to have an intensive management, if they are going to have that intensive nitrogen management, um, to really think hard about a PGR, how it's going to work on the variety that they have, and, and think of the whole package and think of the extended maturity and all the complications that come from the package that they're putting together and how they're going to manage that and if they're willing to accept the risk of that intensive crop management. Always look at the whole cropping system in general. Just like my PhD project, I looked at a lot of other factors other than just PGR, which I didn't get to really touch on today. But there are so many other management factors that are influencing your lodging risk that your PGR isn't necessarily always going to be your biggest factor in that equation. So just really looking at the system as a whole and evaluating what your lodging risk is to determine if it's a fit for your operation. Is there one thing that you wish you could have included in the presentation today, but you just didn't have the time for it? Or if there's one thing that you've covered aside from PGRs that you really wish people could know about? Well, a big part of my project that I didn't cover in terms of lodging risk is really the seeding rate or the plant density aspect of it and how different plant densities are influencing the efficacy of the PGR as well because your staging gets variable as your seeding rates change. And then also the higher seeding rates, you're having in different portions of your canopy. So you're having different amounts of stems to leaves to heads in that canopy, which actually influences your lodging risk as well. So there is a huge aspect in terms of the seeding rate portion of it that I didn't necessarily touch on today, but that's a very interesting part of my project that is still to come. You both either come from or have your own farms at this time, or you have a partner who farms. You are in Alberta at Nearlandia? Yeah. And you are in Manitoba at? Uh, Notre Dame. Okay. Do you folks use PGRs on your crops? And what management practices do you use that you would recommend? 
I, I guess ourselves on wheat, we're actually growing the variety Viewfield and really pushing nitrogen fertility, but it's also a variety that has such great genetics that we're not using a PGR and we've actually seen some great standability. When we've grown other varieties like Brandon, it was pre-2018 when there was MRL issues, so we didn't use PGRs on our farm in that situation. I think on our operation, what we're really looking forward to is the registration of MODIS for use on barley because practically every acre of our farm would get a PGR on barley once that's registered. For cereals, we're really only wheat. We do a bit of oats for ourselves because we also have horses. But in terms of our wheat acres, we do push our nitrogen quite a bit. We're in a high yielding area of Manitoba and we have been typically applying a manipulator on most of our wheat acres. Maybe not this 2019 year, it was really dry. So some of our fields that were in a more variable landscape, hilly areas, didn't necessarily get it. But typically we are applying manipulator to our wheat acres. But that being said, all of our wheat is in Brandon variety and we are confident that we're getting a response to that PGR in that variety. So as we kind of switch, I think going into the 2020 season, we're going to have a couple different varieties coming in and it'll be more of a strip trial or split fields just for this coming year to kind of see what we're looking at with some of these newer varieties because this won't all be in Brandon so we're not as confident about what we'll be seeing. Yeah, one of the audience members had a great question about what recommendations you can make with these things regarding newer wheat cultivars. If you could just rehash that answer for me. Absolutely. It's work that needs to be done. We need to secure the financial resources, the capacity of research technicians, and it's one of those things that just kind of does lag behind variety release. But I think particularly when there's a new variety that comes out that we see that seems to have great yield potential, but also seems to have a bit of that standability problem, that's where we can maybe focus efforts because we don't need to put PGR work into all varieties because not all necessarily have the big acre or the lodging issues with them. So it's making targeted decisions in research where to work on new PGR performance. What's the most important thing for a farmer to know in this current climate? With respect to PGRs? I think so, yeah. Then absolutely is what is registered and not going off label and being very mindful of having correct expectations for PGR performance. So with Brandon, we're seeing with manipulator things work very well. As new PGRs are registered, it's being mindful of how things might be slightly different and how performance on different varieties might be slightly different. Okay. Thank you very much, Sherry and Amy. This has been Top Crop Manager at the Plant Health Summit. Just to sum up here, the take-home messages is we need to remember that PGRs will not eliminate lodging in highly susceptible crops. For wheat, manipulator at this point does seem like one of the best options. It works fairly well on Brand and Eli, Thorsby, Foray, and Rowan. In barley, Modus is the PGR of choice, but we need to use a higher rate than what we'd actually use in wheat. On oats, either Trinexapac or Manipulator are good choices. On peas, just don't spray PGRs on them because there's more risk than gain. And I think the future will be PGR mixtures that improve the consistency of PGR performance. Thank you again to Sherry Stridehorst and Amy Mangin for speaking with me, and to you for tuning in to Inputs, the Top Crop Manager podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is the third in a series providing coverage of the Plant Health Summit. Episodes will be released every two weeks, with the next one coming your way on April 28th. Until then, I wish you the best of luck in planning for planting, and a great start to spring 2020.
Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.